If you are brave enough to break out of the holding pattern and fly in the direction of what you truly want, I can dare say promise you that you will be gifted the tailwinds to carry you along. You will be taken care of. You will be given opportunities and open doors that will bring you to a place of joy. back to Almost 30 Podcast. So happy you're here. I know there's a lot of choices in the podcast world, so you spending your time with us, it means so much. Yeah. And I know we talk a lot about about a lot of different things, so um, it means a lot that you you are open and willing to learn right along with us. You know, sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's exciting, sometimes it's liberating, sometimes it just really makes you think and go inward. So we're here for it all and we're just grateful that you are too. Yeah. There was something actually I wanted to talk about outside of that question. Yeah. Was um, we received like a comment, you know, we receive like hundreds, you know, of, of stuff every day. Most of it is amazing and positive and kind and thoughtful. And, you know, we will always reply to you no matter what. There was one that was, um, it said something like very, it's a good podcast, but they oftentimes talk about how good they are at podcasting. Mm. So it was like, so it was basically saying that we often talk about how good we are at podcasting. And that was like the comment. And I, the only reason why I wanted to bring it up is because if you find something that you love to do and you spend 10,000 hours on that shit, and you're good at it, you need to talk about it. Absolutely. And I want more people and more women specifically to feel empowered to talk about shit that they're good at. Yeah. Like, I want to hear that shit. Like, I want to hear if you like have a passion and you love what you do and you are good at it, please tell me, tell me more. Like, there's such a shame that we have in our society around women feeling like, and this is coming from me from the Midwest where like you literally do not talk about what you're good at. You don't talk about yourself in a positive way. You don't really like stand in your light Mm -hmm. because it scares people. And I think that it's really, really important that we kind of remove the shame of people talking about, it's not like me and Lindsay sit here and we talk about that, but we are good at podcasting because we've been doing this for two and a half years and we work really fucking hard at it. And for six months, we sucked at it until we figured it out. Yeah. And I think too, it's like men have succeeded for so long in what they do because they are willing to tell people that they're good at it and sell themselves, you know, like, and I think for a long time, I just apologized for shining. And I know like you've experienced that too. And so many of you out there have have apologized for shining and for what, because you don't want to hurt 
or put down someone else who might not shine as bright in the particular thing that you do or say. And I just think, you know, this needs to be happening more often. And, you know, we, we have, have our community around us who humble us and teach us every single day. I don't, you know, we say it all the time. We're not experts. We're not gurus. But when it comes to podcasting, I truly feel that because we've been ourselves, because we've kind of brought you along for like the bumpiness of this ride, that we are good at it. You know, if we, if we produce just a shiny product right out the get, I don't know if you would be as connected. So I think part of our success and what I like impart on anyone doing anything that they're passionate about, bring people along for maybe the times when it's not working perfectly, tell them about it, just like share. And, you know, we appreciate those comments because then we're able to have conversations like this. So, you know, we're not um, saying don't, don't like comment bad things about us, but it, it brings up a really, really good point. Yeah. I don't, yeah. So I think that was, that was perfect. And that was really just like the energy that I wanted to like put behind it is that, you know, everyone is entitled to their opinion, but I just don't want to see women cutting other women down for talking about things that they're proud of and for standing in something that they, that makes them feel good, or that is something they love, you know, like we spend so much time talking about Vanderpump rules or talking about what diets we're on or what to eat or what we're doing as far as workouts or what's hard or what's challenging or what's bringing us down. But if we take the time to talk about something we love and something we're good at, people kind of take a side eye, which isn't right. And energetically, it doesn't serve the person on the receiving end. It doesn't serve the person delivering it. So I want this to be a permission for you to feel comfortable and confident and good about yourself talking about what's really good. Amen. Yes, bitch. (laughs) Let's talk about... How good be our podcast? Yeah, so uh, so this podcast know. is actually about. Oh man, um, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, I actually like, don't know because it's actually, such a wild west, y'all. Like yo, I don't even know. There's 100. podcasts that are t- that are like millions and millions of downloads that are so, like it's just such a wild west. They're so different. Totally. You know what I mean? And like, what the fuck? Like, yo, we've had issues all day today about shit, but we're Truly. not going to get on the, you guys yeah. want to join our call about like <laughs> issues we've had today. Let's talk about our taxes yeah, and honestly. how we're like struggling to like get organized. You know, I mean, if you want to hear more about that stuff, we can we'll, tell you, Yeah, we'll tell you we'll fill a whole episode. No, I, uh, I appreciate because you know what? Uh, I can imagine. And I've been there before where, you know, you, I've definitely, like when I was younger, I would just get a little uncomfortable when people were just owning what they do. And you know what it was? It was me wanting to own what I did, period, the end. Period. So like whoever you are, and if you feel that way about this podcast, you know, like we just want to say like, we love you, we hear you and like go own what you do. Like you, you deserve it and the world needs it. And you know, there's nothing to be afraid of. Beautifully said. All right. Peace, love, and crabs. See you next week. <laughs> That's from a Joe's Crab, Sa- Joe's Crab Shack shirt. I Damn. have. Oh, you had, you had Joe's Crab Shack where you were too? No, on vacations. Oh. Peace, love, and crabs. I say, I had I say it like my... once a week. I love it. <laughs>
Peace Love Crabs. That was like the most fucked up weird restaurant ever. Joe's created. for sure. It was yeah. at the Bibs, right? The Bibs. It's just hilarious. I was like, you sat oh, on yo, lobster I love traps. crabs. And like, I love butter. I don't love crab. <laughs> you know what I mean? They give you this like silky butter and you're yeah. like, yeah, I love crab. The butter. It's the butter. You don't mm-hmm. love crab. Crab That's is hilarious. nasty and it's so much effort. <laughs> It's like takes four hours. You're like, oh, for this tiny piece of like yeah. meat. I do love crab, but it's too much effort for a too little, much effort. little <laughs> thing. <laughs> uh, do we have a, uh, didn't we read something in? Yeah, there was a question community? in the group. Yeah, I'd love to. There's a question in the group in the Almost 30 podcast Facebook group. So this is a community that we have that lives on Facebook. Um, this is the larger community that oversees, you know, lots of sub communities in cities where women connect. But within this, there are, you know, 10,000 or so women that connect and ask questions Mm -hmm. of one another, ask for advice. And there was one question I wanted to kind of chat about with you. This one is about a best friend. So we were best friends in high school and college, but our friendship has dwindled in the past few years. We moved to different places and I felt like she became negative and judgmental towards me and others, making cruel jokes, talking about mutual friends behind their backs, et cetera. I now see she's going through a lot of pain, but it took a toll on me for it took a toll on me to stay invested. I was hoping we could grow apart gracefully and continue to be friendly and supportive, but not best friends. And for the most part, it's working well. The problem is my emotions are apparently not on board because whenever I see her Instagram updates and she texts me, I feel like I want to cringe as if her happiness annoys me. Whenever I want to share something, I anticipate that she'll judge me in the way I've seen her judge others. I even have nightmares about her sometimes. I feel like I'm just projecting all these negative emotions on her and I hate it. I'd love some advice on how to get in the right space emotionally and mentally so I can move forward with or without her. Mm. Yeah, first I would say, I mean... I definitely think it is a form of projection and we all do it. But I think there is like an energetic release that needs to happen. And because it just feels like a, quite literally like a tie to her that prevents you from being able to find compassion for her and maybe celebrate her happiness or just kind of distance yourself enough so that it doesn't affect you or make you mad. And none of this I'm saying is, is bad that you're doing. I've 1000% been there, but I, I do think there is like a, a cord that needs to be cut. And I, and I, my first instinct is just like forgiving yourself for any part of your relationship or even what's happening now you know, forgiving yourself for that, you know, you are doing your best in every moment and you can decide to, you know, up level and cut that cord and, and move on right this very moment. Um, maybe it is about not following her anymore. Maybe it is about just not seeing her on social media for a little bit, because I, that is a natural trigger. What do you think, sis? I'm like noodling. Yeah, I think this is really hard. And I've, you know, had, um, I've had experience with this. And, you know, I've had sort of this situation show up in my life in various ways. So, you know, I know how you feel. And that energetic feeling, you know, when you, that is the worst. When you see someone's name pop up and you like, oh, the feeling, the you know, you just have that terrible feeling of like, ugh, like it's, 
it's a it's unsettling and it's hard and it's frustrating and i think in this situation like lindsay said there needs to be an energetic release and there needs to be an allowing that and a permission given to yourself that it is okay that you are moving on and it is okay to um not be in each other's lives and it is okay to mute her on instagram or you know remove her you know from being seen. Um, and, or, you know, there's a conversation to be had to kind of express and share how you're feeling and, you know, in a giant, in a gentle and kind way, and to kind of share some of your observations and your emotions. And I think especially as it relates to, you know, talking bad about friends and talking bad about other people, I think that could be an opportunity or a gateway for you to respond to something like that when it happens or when it comes up and kind of nip it in the bud and, you know, not put her in her place, but kind of, because I think at this stage in our life, talking like that isn't cute. Takes, takes time and energy. And you know what, like, I don't like who has time for that, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think even starting the conversation with something like that, like, Hey, you know, I've noticed that you have talked bad about people like this. It's not really something that like I'm necessarily interested in. So, you know, keep it moving. But I really do think it is the mental work that you're going to have to do to really like let this relationship go. And although it served you for 10 years and I'm sure it was amazing and fun, um, it is a blessing that you have evolved from um, this person and you're moving on and you are moving on to, you know, more fulfilling relationships that are aligned with you energetically now and know that there are women all over the world that have gone through and are going through this. Um, you know, we do have a, when we find a connection with someone, it's hard to let that go, you know, when they've been there through so much and you kind of yearn for the friendship that you had before, but you know, it has a new place in your life and this person can just be someone that you have fun with. This person can be someone that you have very compartmentalized or, you know, if it's too hard, you could also let it go, but you kind of need to um, maybe at first kind of detox from it. Yeah. And last thing I'll say too, I'm, I'm thinking about you, you know, reacting to what she puts on social media. One, and we've heard this a thousand times, everyone's going to put their highlights. You know, you don't necessarily know what she's feeling or going through. So maybe that is a reason to perhaps talk in person and just, it doesn't mean you need to be friends again, but maybe there is a little bit of energetic clearing and, and clarity that you could gain in, you know, a half hour to an hour with her that when you look at the social media, you would look at it differently and and see a human rather than someone who's trying to show the world the best parts of themselves and get frustrated by it. Because I, I mean, I do that too with some accounts. I'm like, yo, what the hell? Like this is not real. Um, and then also too, like just you can, you are allowed to be that joyful too. And, and I know you might know that on the surface, but I've been working on that too, where I'm like, I can be that joyful. Like I, I, I think I grew up with some people around me that like just got stuck in the hard and the painful and the unhappy. And so sometimes it's hard for me to like get myself out of it. And I just look at what I'm not and what I don't have and what I don't feel right now. And then I just spiral. So you know, be really gentle with yourself. Like one, you can have that, like that is totally attainable and 
you know, what you, what you are feeling right now about your friend is such a wonderful lesson that you're going through and you will realize that soon enough, but just remind yourself that you are deserving of that and can have that, you know, if you choose. Yeah. And it's like, I often think too, you know, what if I kept and collected every friend I ever made in my life, you know? Yeah. Freaking Allison Schick in second grade, Lindsay Buttrell. You mm-hmm. know, what if I was still, fr- I would have, you. everyone would have lots of friends if yeah. they literally kept and didn't transition in and out of friendships in their life. And it wouldn't make sense and you wouldn't be the person that you are today. So um, transitions are 99% of the time uncomfortable. This is normal. But um, releasing that, removing maybe on social media, doing a little detox, kind of putting them in their place when you find that they're doing um, things that, you know, you're not really cool or comfortable with anymore because this is the new you and giving yourself permission to move on from this friendship, I think is, you know, your best bet. Yeah. That's a really good one. So perspective, perspective, secret Facebook group is where these conversations are had. Um, We also, you know, talk like this whenever we're meeting you guys in person, which we are excited to do this year um, on tour, which we will be announcing in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, okay, on the podcast today. Wow, this it's me. A good one. <laughs> uh, it's a me. It's a me. Um, no, you guys were asking us to do more solo episodes. So recently, Krista had her um, solo episode all about her hormone journey, healing her hormones naturally, and hundreds of you have reached out and just felt not alone and so heard and like there is hope. So. You know, we just hope that our individual experiences will maybe just give you a little bit of motivation, a friend, you know, to help you along the way. And I'll be honest, like every time we quote unquote have to do a solo episode, whenever we think like, oh, it's time, like it's, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of, you know, I don't consider myself an expert, neither do you. So it's like, how do you talk about it? And it is just sharing openly and honestly. And so for this one, it was actually inspired by um, a session I had with Milana and Milana Snow has been on the podcast. You can listen to her episodes, uh, episode episodes. And we had just a really powerful session recently where I, I felt, and then she called out, I didn't verbalize it, but she called out, how I was stuck in a holding pattern. So as if I was in an airplane circling the airport and I just kept circling and circling, unable to land or unable to move forward towards, you know, the next destination. And she like got pretty like, uh, she like yelled at me. (laughs) She's like, enough is enough like get the fuck out of this pattern. Like she was just forceful. I was still kind of in like a meditation, you know, breath work state. Me too. It's so sexy. (laughs) She's like, wake the fuck up. (laughs) She gets you all comfortable and then she beats the shit out of you. (laughs) Just kidding. Dude, you need that Tony Robbins vibes. I mean, I'm obsessed with it. I'm obsessed obsessed and it really, I just started bawling because it was of course true. You know, it's it's so true. And and then I started to think about like, and I know a lot of you will relate where like there have just been times in my life where I'm just stuck in a holding pattern. So I, I talk about, you know, different holding patterns that I've been stuck in, whether in relationships, career, you know, my own relationship with myself, uh, with family, with friends, my health, and just what it's felt like. And then the way, the specific ways in which I've been able to break out of it. And yeah. And I just, I also, 
highlighted just the fact that like as children, like really think of ourselves as kids, right? We would like go say we're in like a play area and there's a bunch of different kids playing and maybe we know some of them, maybe we don't. We like go up to a toy and we like kind of try it out. And then we're like, oh, we don't like this. And then we drop it and then we move on or we like find a new friend and we're like jiving with them. We're like, yeah, like I want to be your friend. Like, this is so fun. Like, mom, can we like play? You know, you were so decisive about things that were really good for you or just didn't work for you. And there was no overthinking and you really listened to your body so much more. So I talk about just, you know, not listening and now listening more to the signals from my body. And yeah, I just, you know, hopefully it all makes sense, but I know that you'll be able to relate. Yeah. And I'm going through it in real time. Incredible. (laughs) I am pumped to listen to this. Thanks. Because I, yeah, I feel that. I feel that really hard. Well, you, what I love about you is that you are transforming and you say what, every two years? Yep. It's cool. Yeah. That's really, really cool. And I think that's like, (laughs) sheds her skin. Honestly, I shed my damn skin. Who knows? Two years. I know. Well, that's cool. I'm like, wow, I'm going to be here for this, the next iteration. Um, Well, I was here for... I'm going to turn into like, I guess I was here for one. You're here for one. And now you are you now. (laughs) I am me now. So wait, I guess like it's, I guess you're about to turn into, I think the first one you saw was quitting. So I think this is like a new me. So we're in, we're starting a new phase. Totally. So (laughs) good luck. She grows a horn. I do. Good luck. I'm trying to think of a joke and I can't think of anything. So might be. Might be y'all. Fire me. Fired. Fire me. It can't be it can't be funny all the time. Fire Sorry. me. Sorry. All right. Let's Next talk review. about this episode. What is a holding pattern that you are potentially participating in in your life? Mm-hmm. I think this is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful concept and uh, mirror for all of us of the community, for myself to kind of think about this. And I'm really thankful that, you know, you are so open and authentic um and thoughtful and willing to share. Um, so deeply, you know, it doesn't go unnoticed. So thank you so much. Thanks, We will be in the group talking about it. We love you guys so much. Thank you for being a part of Almost 30 Nation. It means so much. 2019 is our year. Rocket to the moon. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. Horns on the head. See ya. Getting late. Bye. Hey friends, it's Linz and it's just me. Another solo episode. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I think too much when it comes to my solo episodes. The prep and the approach leading up to the solo episode is some of the most painstaking (laughs) resistance of my life. No, not of my life, but um, I think because we love you so much and do not take for granted your ears and your hearts out there. And I just want what I say to resonate with you. So what I'm committing to in this episode is just to be completely honest with you. Sometimes it might jump around. Sometimes it might feel a little bit wacky, but what we're talking about today can feel a little bit wacky. So maybe it will resonate for just that reason by itself. Today, I wanted to do a solo episode 
on breaking the holding pattern. And I'm going to add an S to that because there's so many that I've experienced in my life and that I'm experiencing now and that I know I will experience in the future. And they're just so funny. You know, it's a double-edged sword because most of the time a holding pattern is keeping us small and we're playing it safe. And it's really holding us back from our full potential. But then there are holding patterns that I think are super purposeful. And although it feels like there's no no forward movement in where you are, there is a reason. And perhaps it's to slow down or to listen a little bit more or to just press pause on whatever's going on. So I'm going to talk about both. I'm going to talk about moments in my life Uh, areas of my life that I've experienced holding patterns, what they feel like, what they look like, how they are or are not serving me and the ways in which I have broken out of them. And this episode was really inspired by a session that I had with my dear friend, Milana Snow, who is an energy healer here in LA. And it was our most recent session and it was probably the most powerful one I've had with her to date. She, we went pretty deep in the meditation, the imagining, and I felt myself in this really dense, thick gray cloud and I was going in a circle and I didn't tell her this, but I just, I felt it. That's where I was. And I heard her basically scream. (laughs) She had never screamed at me before. So I was like, uh, stop yelling at me. No, I heard her scream. She's like, Get the fuck out of the holding pattern, Lindsay. Break out of it. It is time. And she said it a little more forcefully. Um, But I heard that. I heard it. It was so clear. It's as if when she said that, I could quite literally pinpoint the areas in my life where I was just playing it safe, playing it small, doing the same thing over and over because it felt like home and it felt manageable and it felt like what I had experienced before. And I got really emotional in that moment because I think my heart does not want to play it safe. My soul knows I can handle and can just live in a much fuller way, but my mind And I think like my younger self just thinks, "Eh, we're going to stay right here (laughs) and, uh, and chill there and experience that. So I came out of that session empowered. Yes. I felt that I was also kind of like scared in a way, you know, because I really could see everywhere where I was doing the same thing where I was, you know, implementing that pattern because I knew how it was going to go. So to break out of it felt fucking scary. (laughs) And I didn't even know where to start. I honestly didn't even know where that came from. Like why, why had I done that for so long in so many areas of my life? And I got to thinking that you know, when I was little and little, I mean, I don't know, five, six, seven, 
I was so, I was so bold and I was brave and I didn't really give a fuck, you know, as we do as kids, you don't really think too far ahead. You're living basically moment to moment. You, you don't have much more life experience to hold you back from what's in front of you. And I also just remember, for example, say you're at a play group with, I don't know, John, Jenna, and Shelly. And um, you're in a play group and there's freaking toys everywhere, vomited all over some ugly carpet at, you know, Jenna's mom's house or my house. And I just remember like going from toy to toy and I'd spend time with a toy I liked. And then if I got to a toy I didn't like, I would move on. Like there was no hesitation, no overthinking, no weighing whether like it was for me or not, or what people would think of me if I, if I didn't play with that toy anymore. I was just like, okay, I'm done with it. Let's go moving on. You know, like that's who we are as kids. And, and there was like this deep, quiet knowing that I think, I mean, I don't really know, but I can assume that we are born with, you know, we are born with that intuitive gut feeling. And, and once we're old enough to express it with words, even if it's just one word at a time, you know, it is like this verbal reaction to a sensation in our bodies. By the way, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know if this is true, but this is what feels like the truth for me as a child and take it or leave it. But, you know, as a kid, I just knew something hurt me. I'd cry. Something intrigued me. I'd ask questions and I'd get closer. You know what I mean? I'd pick it up and lick it, (laughs) whatever it was. Like I just, I went for it and I trusted the moment and I'm just wondering when I stopped trusting myself, you know, trusting my body, trusting that gut feeling. So we're going to talk about it today. I'm going to talk about it today and, and kind of work, work through it. Um, what I can assume is that, you know, the moment someone told me, no, don't do that. And, or punished me for doing something that I felt was right or felt good to me that I started to watch myself and judge what I was doing or wonder whether I was going to be judged or get in trouble for doing something. So I quickly turned into a people pleaser, as I've discussed before on the show, you know, recovering people pleaser. I just quickly turned into this child that wanted the praise and the gold star. Fucking loved those gold stars, puke. And, you know, that translated into really playing it safe. I was never the kid that would like shout out and answer in class. I was never the kid, you know, at recess, just like yelling her, her little 
tushy off. You know what I mean? Like I just, I kind of played it safe. Now get me at home and I'm putting on plays with my imaginary friends. You know what I mean? I really was able to exercise that creativity in the comfort of my own home. My parents really uh, created the space for that. But once I knew that teachers were watching, kids were watching, they had opinions because their parents had opinions on things. And, you know, there's this crazy, crazy little uh, microscope that starts to form all around you. And I just started doubting a lot of things that I would do and I would look to others for the answers. So hopefully y'all are out there nodding a little bit. Um and and listen, I don't look back and I'm like, ugh, it's such a terrible childhood. <laughs> I'm just now aware. And if I'm lucky enough to have kids, maybe one day I will give them the space to form their own opinions and to not uh, project my own judgment about something onto them. Because I do think it affects how they see themselves as well. All right. So I want to talk about some examples of holding patterns that I've experienced in my life that I'm still experiencing in my life. And those that have served a purpose that have that reason and season in my life. And then there are those that are just fucking excuses. There are those that just keep me comfy and not moving forward. And while my experience is my own and cannot be universal advice, I hope that you can see and feel yourself in these situations in some way. And one, not just know that you're not alone. And two, when we discuss the ways in which to break out of it, those apply to you too. So a big one for me in my life mega holding pattern has been within my career and specifically with my side gigs. And I'm, I'm air quoting that because a lot of my side gigs were my full-time jobs, meaning they paid for all of my bills. They took up a ton of my time, but my heart was not in them as much as, you know, my passions. So the first one was my stint as a bartender slash server. And I have to say, before I say anything, that my time as a bartender and server were some of the most lesson-dense years of my life. I learned so much about myself. I learned so much about dealing with people. So I know for sure that that time period was purposeful. However, I stayed in it for way longer than I should have. What tends to happen with side gigs is that the money is really good or good enough to keep you in it. And the thought of letting it go, the margin you know, is too wide to lose that amount of money to let that job go is just too risky. And that's what I thought for a really long time. I didn't even give myself the chance to dream of what I could fill in its place to make more money, to inspire myself more creatively. 
to nourish my body more so that I am able to conduct the creativity in a way that I wanted to. So I was bartending for, I mean, shoot, over over four and a half years. I was working from 5 to 4 p.m. to 4 a.m. most nights I was eating like shit after my shift find me like literally cash me at the diner eating a grilled cheese with french fries at 5 a.m. and I was like my metabolism is fine it's 5 a.m. like that you know I'd be like drinking and but I really I attached myself to that feeling of earning a fuck ton of cash provided like I thought I was, that was valuable, which, you know, technically it was, uh, but I didn't factor into the equation. So add fuck ton of cash minus self-respect because <laughs> I allowed for a lot of bad behavior from customers at the bar minus sleep which is like number one anti-aging secret minus just like the hit that my health took from drinking while I was while and after I was working, just running myself into the ground and on my feet for eight hours at a time. It was, I just thought I was invincible. I thought that, you know, hustling harder was how I was going to get ahead. And that was just not the case. You know, I lost myself a lot in that business. And you know, from my sacredness of being single episode, um, you know, it's, it's where I really lost myself. So what I realized was that I was addicted to the scarcity mindset. I was literally hovering and afraid to leave what I knew, what was stable, what was a sure thing. And I failed to acknowledge that my life then, now, in the future, is so fucking abundant. And if you're willing to see it, you know, it is there. If you're willing to believe in it, it is there. But the scarcity just kept me small. The scarcity uh, put my blinders on to other opportunities and ways in which I could have earned money during that time and really saved a lot of energy and heartache at the diner eating freaking grilled cheese. Okay. And I would also say that I was so attached to the job title, even though I'd be like, Oh God, I'm a bartender. Like literally no hate. Cause I mean, no hate at all, but I, I really attached myself to that role. Like I found some kind of weird power in it. And I was not able to relinquish that attachment to the title, to like kind of the status of like being behind the bar, controlling shit, like, you know, flirting, da, 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 like all that stuff. Like I could not let it go. Um, and, I, you know, I, I attribute that to my age. I was, you know, in my mid 20s. And, it really filled me up in ways that I was hungry to feel more powerful. And, and so, yeah, I was in it for way too long. This is one of the ways in which 
I was able to really kind of stir up this holding pattern. I cut back on my hours at the bar and I realized, I kind of looked at the equation. Okay, so I have more hours outside of the bar. How am I going to use that to my advantage? One, get more sleep. Hello. Two, I was able to network a bit more. So I was able to see and catch up with friends. I was able to meet friends of friends who I'd been meaning to meet within the acting world, the modeling world, whatever it was. And what I quickly found out was that because I kind of started to close the door on the bartending, all these other doors started to open. I quickly met um, a girl in the fit modeling world. Fit modeling is like the non-glamorous side of fashion. It's like your quote unquote average size of a brand and you go in and and you fit the clothes for them. And um, I had met a girl who had been doing it for years and I, I learned about what she was doing. I had no idea what the fuck that was. And and she said, oh, you should do it. I'm like, huh? Like, I'm not a model. Like, I don't know what. She's like, no, it's not. It's not like that. It's it's kind of the technical side of fashion, yada, yada. I was like, okay. So she hooked me up with her agent. I mean, it took no effort at all for me to think, oh God, I got to get an agent for this stuff. Like what? That overwhelms me. That keeps me small. That keeps me in the holding pattern. But all I had to do was make a bit more time to connect with another human being. And she set me up with her agent. Agent signs me. I'm out on castings for fit modeling gigs. And I book quite quite quickly. And that began to trump what I... Sorry, I didn't mean to use that word. That began to uh, exceed what I was making at the bar. So, you know, I kind of woke up to the fact like, whoa, I'm not staying up till 4 a.m. and I'm I'm making more money. Like, what is this? So gradually, I I was working at three bars at the beginning. I was down to one bar. I eventually let that go and I was fit modeling full time. And Lord have mercy, the money was good. I'm going to be honest. If anyone's ever done it out there, you know, it's crazy. It's a little bit of the golden handcuffs because your girl, (laughs) I would stand there and they would tell me, hey, can you lose three quarters of an inch from your thigh? And then could you gain like a half an inch to your waist? And I'm like, wait, what? So from one fucked up industry to the next, I was really killing it. Um, But it taught me so much about really valuing my body, knowing that one, what they were saying to me was actually crazy. And I couldn't just like lose parts of my body by choice. I'm not a goddamn robot. But by then I was a bit more self-aware that what I was in this industry, although it made me a lot of money, it wasn't something I was passionate about by any stretch of the imagination, but I knew it was a temporary experience, a temporary way to support myself in New York City, which is an extremely expensive city to live in. 
I started to get clear on where I wanted to go. And although that has evolved over time, the feeling in my heart, like in my body of where I wanted to go and, and, the impact I wanted to make was starting to take seed. So staying in the fit modeling business, which I consider definitely a holding pattern that I perpetuated for maybe longer than my heart wanted to, it was definitely necessary in order to set me up for the next thing that came along, which was soul cycle. And during, I'll cut it a little bit shorter than the actual long story, but during before soul cycle when i when i made it into the program it was a 10 week period of training 5 days a week 4 or 5 hours a day and the flexibility of the fit modeling and the fact that it was lucrative allowed me to be in the training program that intensely so it all makes sense. So if you find yourself, if you find yourself in a quote unquote side job right now, you're hustling, there is a purpose there. I promise you that. So if you're going to detach yourself from the role that you are playing, whether it is bartending or whether it is a fitness instructor, whatever it is. And by the way, both of these things can be full-time passionate jobs. Like I fucking love that. I'm just speaking from my experience, you know, detaching yourself from that title, from that role, relinquishing the power that it has over you to overwhelm you. Like how long is this going to last? This is not who I really am. No, it's not who you really are, but this is, this is kind of a costume, if you will, you need to try on in order to gain more confidence, learn how to work with people. I mean, the list goes on. There is always a purpose to it. So I just say, don't let it weigh you down. This is so temporary. And the awareness of the holding pattern is honestly half of it. Being aware that nothing is forever and this moment is a learning. Okay, people. Romantic relationships. Ah, dramatic pause. Editors, please insert dramatic music. No, don't. But yeah, it's one of those holding patterns I'm still perpetuating. And I don't say that with sadness or anger. I just am. It's just a fact. You know what I mean? I... I'm recently in therapy and I never thought I'd be the girl that was like, so yeah, in therapy or like, yeah, my therapist, I n- never, uh, but I am, <laughs> I fucking am because it's working. It is one of the best decisions I've ever made. Best investments I've ever made because it is an investment. Therapy is not cheap unless you can get it covered by insurance, which I don't, but my therapist is work it, work it. She's working it and she's worth it. So what I've noticed about myself in relationship is that I have not been very good at being independent within relationship. And that truly is one of my greatest life lessons as it relates to love because, and I'm sure a lot of you can relate. And I don't mean to say this as like a brag because it actually does not serve me most of the time, but I'm 
such a giver. And so I'm, I'm very giving with my love and with things, buying things, you know, like supporting them in a way that really does not serve me as well. And that, you know, I don't really know where that comes from. I did it from a very young age in relationships, like from my boyfriend when I was in a freshman in high school, all the way to quite recently. And I think that it makes me feel good to do those things for them when there is this indescribable, empty feeling around the relationship. And I don't know why. And I, I usually find things that aren't really there to explain why, but really it's about me not taking care of myself within relationship. It's about me not trusting that that person is going to appreciate, love me, support me, all the things just as much if I take care of myself first. I didn't trust that. And so what tends to happen is that things that really matter to me outside of a relationship, my career, my passions, my creativity, sometimes my friendships, they suffer when I'm in relationship. And that's been a pattern for me. And that sense of of being that someone for someone was the way to bypass the real work within relationship. So the feeling I got from giving was a false sense of, oh, this relationship is great when I didn't give them space to give back to me. I didn't make it about me. And again, not a brag, was not productive. <laughs> you know, think, think, about, think about that other person wanting to give to me and I really didn't allow space for it. Or I just intimidated them enough with my own giving that they were like, well, I'm not going to give as good as she's going to give. So fuck it, you know? And then the waters just got muddy. And I'm like, wait, you're not giving to me either. Like, do I matter? And then it just spirals. So in more recent relationships, I've been conscious of this pattern. And hey, listen, it takes a few flights around the holding pattern many times over to actually see it. And it might take therapy in my case, but I've been able to recognize it and really feel into the feeling of wanting to be the nurturer and take care of them and do this for them and buy this for them and put myself second. And the awareness is such a huge part of the healing and of the reprogramming and the ability to let myself expand continuously into the more uh, balanced, positive, loving energy exchange between two people while still maintaining my independence has been, I mean, the most explosive realization I've ever experienced that it is possible to have a partnership like that. So I'll just say again, like it is this feeling of letting myself expand Band. So it's breaking out of that holding pattern and just continuously kind of like 
waves coming in and out, the ebb and flow, just letting it fill you up and letting it pour out of you, letting it fill you up, letting it pour out of you into just this ever expanding uh, cycle of love and giving and receiving and uh, realization and lifting each other up and doing our own thing and watching each other from afar, like letting the relationship just become so much more dynamic than I could ever dream of. Another holding pattern that is, was, I think I'm working on it going on at the same time as this other one is this pattern of using substance to assist in the connection with another human being. And this mainly shows up for me in, you know, a romantic setting on a date or whatnot, but it can definitely happen with new friendships as well. So I'm talking about drinking, uh, drinking culture in the dating culture is so interesting and so ingrained, at least in our generation, that like, this is what you do. Like, hey, you want to go out? Yeah, yeah. All right, let's grab a drink on Thursday at 7.30. You know what I mean? Like, what else would you do? Quite literally, I'm sure that would be the answer if you asked, you know, a millennial in a major city like, what else would you do for a date? And they'd be like, what do you mean? What else would we do? Like, what are we going to grab tea and go bowling? No. So it's really interesting now being so aware of the numbing tactics and the false connection substances. That is a weird way to say that. So sorry. <laughs> the fucking drinking that I was using to lubricate a conversation to enhance what maybe wasn't really there for me. And I clearly remember, I mean, like so many dates where in the beginning, when we first met up, we're both, you know, sober, it's 6 p.m. on a Thursday. And, you know, you hug, you're like, hi, so nice to meet you. It's like usually a blind date because it's on, from an app or something. And I just remember feeling like, oh, okay. Like I'm pretty, which is either good or really bad where I just feel the energy. And I'm like, oh, it's a yes or it's a maybe or it's no. Um, usually it's yes or no. And so many times where it was uh, erring towards no, we would have a few drinks and all of a sudden I'm like, hey, hottie, so into you. This could go somewhere. What's up? <laughs> like, it's crazy. Chemically, I don't know what's going on. I can assume some crazy shit in my brain and a little looseness in my body and I'm ready to take it to pound town. And when an hour before I was not about it, could have turned right around, gone home and gotten into my jammies. So uh, that was a really ingrained pattern in my dating habits, especially in New York City. Shout out to my New York City people. <laughs> I'm sure you feel me. And there's no hate 
However, alcohol is a depressant. It is of lower vibration. And so there was really no way for me to channel the situation properly. You know, all my receptors and and communication towers were down. <laughs> and so now I'm really committed to that really positive, really open channel when I'm meeting someone for the first time, at least their first few dates. And the way I've broken out of this pattern is to propose like, oh, let's do like a workout date, you know, still like seeing me like sweaty and probably not sexy, gotta say, but like in my element, (laughs) but like your endorphins are high and it just kind of mixes things up. It'll probably make you laugh if you choose like a fun, weird workout or whatever. And then after you can grab, you know, a smoothie or a coffee or something, you know, taking alcohol out of the equation. And listen, I still drink, you know, it's something I do like to do every once in a while, but I just know that my assessment of any situation is completely compromised if I'm drinking alcohol. And I really don't want to compromise like when I choose someone to date, you know what I mean? To close the loop on this relationship conversation, uh, I wanted to share the ways in which I broke out of the pattern of always being the giver, not establishing establishing my independence within relationship. And it was pretty simple. And listen, full disclosure, I'm still working on it now. Again, it is quite literally in my birth chart as one of my life's greatest lessons is to be independent within relationship. But what has helped me is just getting quiet enough. So that means time to myself. That means, you know, not busying myself, filling my schedule, yada, 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 really finding that quiet time to ask myself some questions and get really fucking real about it. And I'll either just say them out loud, I'll meditate on them, or I will write them down. Whatever I'm pulled to do, I will do. And again, these like instinctual pulls. So like if if I ask myself, what do you want to do? I want to write this down. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to overthink it. Like, oh, I could just think about it. I can meditate on it. If my body, if my heart, my mind's t- or my heart and body are telling me they want to do something, I am going to do it and I'm committed to that. Uh, because for too long, as I mentioned before, I just, I kind of shut off that communication between my body and my mind. So I asked myself some simple questions like, how do you feel? And I'm t- like, this is within relationship, you know, he's, he's golfing or something and I'm by myself. It's like, <laughs> no, he's not golfing. <laughs> it's how do you feel? Like, how are you feeling? really genuinely. And it's not like, oh, good. Yeah, everything's fine. If fine is in the answer, we got to dig in. You know, how do I really feel? Am I I feeling a little empty? Am I feeling super fulfilled? And I'm just so full of joy where I am. You know, like whatever it is, I want to get as detailed as possible. And just because no one's going to read it or listen to it doesn't mean you you should not give yourself those details. We want, I want to really 
emphasize that. I want to emphasize how I'm feeling because if I'm practicing what I preach to myself, <laughs> like how I feel does matter. And then the follow-up question is based on how I feel like, all right, like, so what do I want? You know, if it's something a little bit lower vibe or feeling a little lost or empty, it's like, okay, so what do I want? For me, this is the next part is just kind of like a reflection on like, have I been here before? You know, is this a pattern? Is this somewhere I've been stuck before? And it is kind of, you know, it's an ego blow because most of the time the answer is, yeah, you've done this before. What the fuck? (laughs) And so you got to get really honest about that. And there's zero shame in it. Hello. Hi, we're all human. Nice to meet you. But oftentimes like this attachment to whatever it is, that feeling, it's, it could be a belief that you hold super close to you. That's sacred to you. It could feel like you're, you are ripping out a part of you. If you break this habit, you know, it could be that deep in your psyche, in your heart, in your programming. And then I ask myself like, okay, so if I am feeling stuck and I recognize it and I'm aware of it, like what is actually the worst thing that could happen if we broke out of this? You know, what is the absolute worst thing if we broke out of the pattern, if we left the relationship? And I get very real about that. You know what I mean? Like what is, what will actually possibly happen. And just so long as like, I'm still living by the end of the list, like, I think, I think I'm okay. You know what I mean? Usually I'm just trying to avoid the initial anxiety of breaking free of that pattern of breaking free of that particular relationship that is no longer serving me. Like that is what I'm scared of. I'm scared of the brief anxiety that I will experience the moment I say, okay, I'm done. I'm moving on. I'm moving forward. Like that is enough to keep me where I am doing what I've done, always done. It's kind of crazy. (laughs) Truly kind of crazy because I know that initial anxiety isn't going to last forever. It's, it's almost a given, right? Like it's going to come up just like the sun's going to come up tomorrow. Like it's going to happen. So how can I better manage it? For me, it's just a practice of facing it head on. For me, it is a practice of putting things in perspective Again, the question, what's the worst thing that can happen really does help me to set the record straight in my mind. Because oftentimes that record is like front page news, you know, when it's really just like a blip in the radar of my life. Did you like those analogies? (laughs) Truly, it's like not that big of a deal. And, you know, in terms of me breaking out of the pattern of you know, not being able to be independent in relationship, I'm still thinking about it. You know, I, I think as human beings, we're kind of 
in a way programmed. We're born attached to our moms quite literally. And then we're cut from our moms quite literally. Uh, cut the umbilical cord. and But then we're like attached to our moms for however long, you know, breastfeeding or whatever, just being with her all the damn time. But then we're like told to go off and be independent and like, you know, shoved off to preschool and I'm crying because the kid next to me is eating napkins and glue, <laughs> you know? And then... But we, then we come back home and we depend on our parents to like make us dinner. But then we're shoved off to to college and we got to live on our own. And then in relationship, like it is so confusing. <laughs> is anyone following? Basically, it's deeply ingrained that like I'm unable to be independent within relationship. <laughs> or maybe that's the way I, I'd like to describe it. But it's really complicated. Individuation is really fucking complicated. So I'm instead just trying to treat it as this gorgeous, beautiful lesson that I must learn. And that will be such a fulfilling opportunity for my future partner and I to really dig in on, you know, to let someone in and be a part of what feels like one of my greatest lessons, you know, not wrapping it in shame and suffering alone, really bringing them into it, you know, in a loving, warm way so that they can see you work through. I think that's so beautiful to be able to witness someone work through what challenges them for them to be aware enough to pause and to see it for what it really is, to be aware enough to pause and look at it differently. Um, I just, I'm looking forward to that now. You know, I think before I was like, oh God, like I'm not going to be able to be in a relationship ever. Like this is my, this is my scarlet letter, you know, <laughs> my scarlet eye of can't be independent, but I'm just, I'm really... I'm excited. And I'm fucking pumped to create some boundaries with my partner. You know what I mean? Like I'm thinking about what kept me in these holding patterns and then just for the future thinking about how I can establish certain practices and boundaries to keep me evolving and moving forward. You know, if that is what's healthy for me. So you know, establishing the boundaries of, of which, you know, I'm, I'm not prone to just depend on my partner for my happiness and fulfillment and all of this. Of course they will be a part of it, but I don't want to be, you know, dependent on them. I really want to be in a commitment in a collaboration with them. I mean, how LA am I, but I really mean it. I really really mean it. This co-commitment is so important to me and I'll keep you posted because <laughs> it's not happening right now, but I'll keep you posted because it's gonna, you better watch out. Okay. How we doing? All right. Last area of my life that I've really found myself in some deep, deep holding patterns is 
my creativity. I'll give it a moment for that to sink in because I think a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I feel that. Yeah, it's been, it is so painful at times. I got to be honest, even just like preparing for this episode, I swear to God. The problem is like, you know, you guys know our studio is in my house. So it's right here in front of me all the time. I stare at it. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I I had the opportunity to record so many times. I scheduled to record this episode so many times. And most of those times I made insane excuses. I filled my schedule. I was like boiling potatoes. Um, I was clipping my toenails. I... I was like knitting a scarf. I don't knit. Like it was just, it was comical. It was so comical how I was putting up these roadblocks myself (laughs) in order to avoid this moment with you. Like, fuck that. How rude. But truly it's, it's depriving myself of, of so many moments of like inspiration. And I know this episode isn't quite, you know, the eloquent piece of, uh, (laughs) audio, uh, that I would like it to be, but it's honest and it's present and I'm here with you. I'm, I'm nowhere else. I'm, this is for you all, you know, which, which I was depriving myself of so many times over the last few weeks. So it's really just a lesson for me over and over and over. And perhaps, Perhaps I'm in the matrix and I'm caught in a holding pattern of holding patterns. (laughs) I don't know. So when it comes to my creativity, there are a few things that keep me small. I hope you can relate. I focus on what I'm not good at or what I don't have yet. You know, it's literally loop thoughts in a circle. Like what I don't, what I haven't achieved yet. Uh, What I should get better at. And listen, I'm not saying that I shouldn't nurture skills and get better at things because, hey, I'm all in for that. But what I was finding was that my focus was there. Like all my energy was on the things that were kind of like in the negative. And it didn't leave any energy for what I was like really good at. And it's funny, like why I chose to focus on those things, because I think like the people around me, whether it was on social media or in my immediate circle or what I was seeing in places, like they were really good at the things that I wasn't. And so it was just like this mirror of, uh, you should work on those because they're doing it instead of just standing in my own light and really owning my own talents and gifts. So what I've learned is, and it seemed for me at first it seemed extreme and a little like much, but I just, I'm, I'm becoming obsessed and all in on what I'm good at. I'm obsessed, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to produce more content based on what I am good at because I just realized that focusing on what I'm not good at keeps me in the loop, which keeps me in the holding pattern, which keeps me small and keeps me comparing to other people. Like I'm going nowhere fast. So it was just, it's really freeing to be like, oh, I can, 
I can celebrate what I'm really good at. I can celebrate that and I could do more of that. I don't have to always be in the scarcity mindset of, ugh, I should probably take that class. I should probably learn that skill. I should probably get a mentor for this. I should probably get a coach for that. Like, why not like have a coach for something you're really, really good at? And they're just kind of your your resource to up level, you know, like moving from a place of really good to unbelievably good. And so much of this is just giving myself permission to tune into the work that is mine, like on this planet, in this lifetime, the work that is mine to do and tune into, you know, the fun that I have, I am meant to experience the people that I am, I am connected with that are brought into my life by what feels like happenstance, but it's not like everything is so interconnected and it's more about just owning it more. It is mine. And then from there, like jumping off and expressing and sharing with the world in the boldest way I know how. And I feel like if more people did that and didn't worry about what others would think, you know, we would all be better off for it. Uh, Another way that I have really shaken shit up and been able to move forward out of creative ruts is just moving quite literally, like moving my body and then shaking up the cells in my body by laughing. That's what I picture when I laugh. I'm like, every cell in my body is laughing. This is hilarious. But really like the creativity for me is able to flow with a much greater ease when I can laugh, when I can move. It's like it creates a clear channel. Again, sorry, I'm mentioning channel, but it's true. You know, it's a clear channel to allow downloads to come in, to allow the creativity to flow. And it just inspires me not to wait for a goddamn thing. You know what I mean? To be constantly in motion and movement and forward movement. I'm like, oh, I'm on my way. Like there's And so I don't get stuck in, well, maybe I should just, you know, maybe it's not my time and I'm just moving. (laughs) It lessens the stress. My endorphins are high. Like I don't wait for the work to be done. You know what I mean? It's no way to live. So I really remind myself to play, to laugh, to move. It it, it makes everything just a little less heavy because life is fucking hard sometimes. You know, there's, there's stuff that happens you know, on the news that we catch and or on social media or something really close to us, like life is heavy, you know what I mean? And so when it comes to your creativity, let that be the joy of your life. And it doesn't mean that you have to make it your career, but creativity is, at least for me, it's spiritual, you know, it's, it's a connector. It is, a connector to other human beings, it's a connector to source, to God, to universe, whatever you believe. It is a connector to to yourself, to your own soul. I mean, so many times I've just sat down to write and I'm like, who's writing right now? (laughs) It's literally like someone else. It's, I don't know, an alien, my soul, source, who knows? But if I hadn't given myself the permission to sit down and do that, you know, it would have never 
come through. So it is that permission, that play, that movement, that space um, helps me not to fight it so much. You can't really fight when you're playing, you know? And lastly, what I'll say about creativity is that I've been very, very conscious of when I've said, well, I should have done that or I was supposed to do that. And I've just tried to get very clear on like where the fuck those thoughts came from. You know, like, was it me? Was it my parents? Was it my siblings? Was it my boss? Was it my coworker? Was it my best friend? You know, like, where are these like, oh, I should have done that or I was supposed to do that or yeah, I could have done that. Like, where, where does that come from? You know what I mean? And And what it boils down to is that like what I am doing creatively, I I want to make an impact, but first I, I do it for me. I'm not going to do it if it doesn't resonate with me, period, the end. So it's really about taking responsibility for myself, you know, and not blaming others for... And it's almost like a subconscious blame because saying like we should have why we should have because so-and-so said we should or we were supposed to do that. Why? Because the rules set, you know, like it's kind of putting the onus on others when like, hey, this is my life and this creative force inside of me is mine. And it can only run through me. So really taking responsibility for that and not, you know, allowing those excuses to come through. I mean, excuses are fucking poison. So sorry for cursing so much this episode, but truly they're poison, you know, and they keep us in our own heads, truly keep us in our own heads. Quick real-time example of something that I am dealing with right now creatively. So I got a creative hit not too long ago uh, for a series that I'm writing currently. And it was so strong that I knew I needed to take action in a way that I hadn't taken action before. And I didn't know what that was going to look like, but I opened myself up enough to the signs. I actually quite literally, if you believe in it, great. If not, sorry. I asked my angels. I was like, I need the resources and the signs to show me that this is something that I can follow and that I can be supported to do. And um, very shortly after my current writing coach reached out to me for something else, she's a friend of mine. And I just, I got the hit. I was like, oh my God she, she's a writing coach. Like, I mean, yes. Like I love her so much. She makes me laugh. She's so talented. She does all these things. Like she would be a perfect person to go to when I'm feeling stuck, when I have a great idea, when I don't have a great idea, when I'm feeling shame around my creativity, when I'm not getting anything out on paper to, to really help me find creativity in ways that I wouldn't normally through exercises and prompts and things like that. It really got me out of my comfort zone and it helped me to be accountable. You know, not every week is perfect. And I'm sure she can attest to that where I'm like, ah, wrote one page, win. 
And I was really wanting to write 20 pages, but she's been so great in reminding me that, you know, anything is better than nothing, that creativity is a funny thing. It's going to come in waves. And just so long as you're doing your best to be an open channel for it, like that is the point. And this is happening all in the right timing. So her, in addition to my angels, have been just such a beautiful guiding spirit as I have really up-leveled my commitment to the creative downloads that I've been getting. So really grateful there. I'm now that I've said it to you all, you can hold me accountable, (laughs) Um, which feels good and scary. (sighs) Okay. I have zero clue whether that was structured in a way that hit you. (laughs) I hope some of it resonated. If some of it did, then this is a win. But at the same time, I needed to share this. This has been and continues to be a struggle for me. And I'm committed to just at least being aware and moving from there. So I would just say to you all, one, as always, you are not alone. And just trust that if you are brave enough, and it does take bravery, if you are brave enough to break out of the holding pattern and fly in the direction of what you truly want, I can tell you from experience, and I dare say promise you, that you will be gifted the tailwinds to carry you along. You will be taken care of. You will be given opportunities and open doors that will bring you to a place of joy and inspiration and connection. And I'm excited for you. And and please lean into the community, Almost 30 Nation. Join the secret Facebook group. That group always fucking gets me fired up about what I'm doing personally in my life. So they can be your tailwinds sometimes and, you know, just leave room for the unexpected to give you that extra push as well. Um, As always, I love you so much and I really appreciate you listening. These solo episodes are really special to Krista and myself and we will continue to bring them to you. Um, as often as we get these little downloads that we feel like we could share something with you that you can relate to. Thank you for your support. And I love connecting with you. So if you connect with this episode and want to reach out, message me, chat. I am on Instagram all the time and, and DMing with you all. It's you're you're my friends. Just as a reminder, don't know if you know, but you're my friends. I love you. Have a great day. Go move about, go laugh, go find some fun. You deserve it. Your joy is the gateway to all the things that you want to be in your life. And it could be like the total center of your day. The focus of your day is your joy. Just a reminder. I love you so much. Bye. Thank you so much for sharing. Oh, thanks for having me. That was beautiful. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for having me on your show. <laughs> thanks, Milana, for facilitating yeah. these great breakthroughs. Well, that's what's kind of fun about meditation. That's what's fun about Reiki. That's what's that's what's really cool about any of these modalities that just help you to go a little bit deeper. Even if it's like a quick 
flash of something, a vision, a word, a whatever, you could go, you can go far with it. Yeah. I don't know. It's beautiful. Milana's my teacher as well. Love. Milana Snow, you can connect with her, wellness official. And she does healings remote. So I highly suggest. Mm-hmm. Review of the week. There we go. Thank you, Nazi. Nazi. Cool. Uh, five stars improved my life. 2018 was a year of self-discovery for me. Turning 30 and simply feeling lost, going through some major life changes. And I found the Almost 30 podcast, which has improved my life in so many ways. It is my therapy. I trust the girls and the amazing people they bring on. I've worked with some of the guests after the episodes, which also helped me tremendously. I'm in a much better place now and ready to take 2019 and ready to make 2019 my bitch. I just said bitch, but she did the stars. (laughs) I can't say it enough. This podcast is amazing. I look forward to every episode. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks guys for tuning in. Um, We really read those um, just as a way to say thank you for writing Mm -hmm. them. So thank you so much for tuning in, for sharing the podcast. You are the reason for its growth. You are the reason for my personal growth. Mm -hmm. You are the reason for Lindsay's personal growth. You are the reason for my life being the way it is. And I cannot thank you enough. We love you. We love you. We will see you next time. (laughs) Goodbye. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.